0: Hello everyone, welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire K, and I'm joined today by none other than my father. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in each week. We truly appreciate it. Go ahead and give us a follow on our Instagram page at 2020 Psych Podcast. That's where we're gonna be posting when we have new episodes, as well as that's where we talk to you guys and answer your questions and You guys can let us know what you want to hear more about, what you want to hear less about. It's just a great way for us to communicate with anyone and everyone who listens. But without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let my dad introduce himself, and we're going to get right into this week's episode.
1: Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm a psychiatrist.
0: All right, Dad. So today we are sitting down and we are going to be talking about alcoholism and drinking all to the effects of the range from what is a standard drink to what makes an alcoholic?
1: Well typically a standard drink will be something like a 12 ounce beer which has 5% alcohol or a glass of wine which typically has 12% alcohol and Liquor being rum, tequila, vodka, gin, those type of distilled spirits have 40% uh, vodka, and that would be a one and a half ounce serving.
0: Is there a safe level of drinking if you're out with friends, out to dinner, maybe accompanying um, your dinner with a glass of wine?
1: Well, moderate drinking is considered one drink, one serving for a woman and up to two uh, drinks for a man in a day
0: does alcohol impact everyone in the same way
1: not necessarily Uh, there's different factors that contribute to the effect that alcohol has on a person it depends on different things including a tolerance level genetic developmental Uh, and even environmental factors that will interfere with uh, the way it affects a a person and also depending on their metabolism, that would be greatly influenced by their age.
0: How do you know if you have a drinking problem and what is considered alcohol abuse?
1: Well, to to state it simply, if it's causing impairment in your interpersonal functioning, in your relationships with others your work environment, your studies, your careers. uh, I think that would be considered an alcohol misuse or or a misuse disorder.
0: So can you define heavy drinking and what is considered a drinking problem?
1: 90% of adults will say that at some point in their lifetime they've consumed alcohol at least once. Though 40% of adults will say that they've consumed alcohol in the last month. And as we mentioned earlier, moderate drinking is considered one drink a day for a woman and two drinks a day for a man. Anything in excess of that is considered on, on bordering on abuse. Uh, there's other definitions for binge drinkers, which can be up to five drinks a day or within a, a drinking session. Uh, for men and for uh, such drinks for, for women. So those are some things that we want to go into uh, and just sort of define as what the outlines are here. Of course, when people are exceed that and it starts causing them difficulties with uh, law enforcement, with authorities, with their employers, with their teachers, with their spouses, with their friends, then that's when we're looking into what's considered an alcohol use disorder.
0: Uh, So I would imagine just based off, you know, some of the statistics you gave off right now, that binge drinking is most likely more common with maybe adults my age on the younger side. Maybe that's because of in a college setting, um, you're going out on the weekends and that's your opportunity to unwind, let loose with your friends, um, and perhaps maybe al- alcoholism is more common in older adults? Am, am I wrong, and or do you have any statistics on that?
1: Well, as we've touched on before in other episodes, binge drinking is a, a major problem in uh, campus settings, particularly in, uh, in Greek life, uh, though it's not something that is exclusive to those groups, uh, but it is very common in 15 to 24-year-olds, uh, less so as as adults get older.
0: So maybe let's finally define alcoholism and what is a true, true and true alcoholic. Um, what, what are some of the key characteristics that need to kind of be checked off for someone to be um, classified as one and then treated as an alcoholic?
1: I think when there's a stage at someone's life where they become dependent on alcohol, where they can't function without it, where they need to continue drinking, and because if they stop drinking, they start having withdrawal-type symptoms, I think that would be the definition of an alcoholic.
0: Can alcoholism be inherited? Is it something that um, if you're an alcoholic and you have kids, are your kids more prone to develop alcoholism as well?
1: While there is a genetic component to developing an alcohol use disorder, definitely, but it's not only genetics. There are developmental factors, environmental factors, and biologic factors with those being the genetic ones. And as well as uh, there are social factors that influence in someone uh, developing an alcohol use disorder.
0: What are the long-term health effects for someone that has alcoholism um, on their body, on their brain, and then on their mental health as well?
1: Well, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because alcohol, as you know, is a drug. And when we hear commercials of other drugs that are promoted for medical purposes, you always hear about their side effects, right? And there's always a long list of these horrendous side effects that can possibly occur. Yet when they advertise for alcohol, you never hear of what the long-term side effects are. And they, are, they can be quite devastating. And let me just go over a few they, they affect the brain, the heart, the liver, the pancreas. It can put people at higher risk for certain cancers, and it can also affect their immune system. So alcohol is not a benevolent, benevolent drug at all at, in excessive amounts. Um, uh, it can affect your brain, uh, causing certain disruptions and the way you feel and behave and coordinate yourself so it can have some cognitive impairment and also some psychological effects such as depression and anxiety and it can affect your heart by causing the stretching and drooping of heart muscles, an irregular heartbeat, it can increase your risk for stroke and hypertension and then it can affect your liver and by causing a fatty liver, an alcohol hepatitis, fibrosis, sure was this of the liver, and it can affect your pancreas by causing inflammation and swelling of the blood vessels in the pancreas and that prevents proper digestion. And cancer, uh, it will increase the risk for certain head and neck cancers, particularly of the oral cavity. It will also cause esophageal cancer, liver cancer, and breast cancer and as well as colorectal cancer. So the adverse long-term effects are, of alcohol are pretty devastating. Uh, and again, at this point, uh, all you need is to, to have a lower immune system with the pandemic going on. So again, these are, these are, this, these are things that the public should know about because these are, uh, these are well-known side effects that are very detrimental to anyone's health.
0: This is for usage of of these long term health effects. This goes for. Does that have to be like, um, for people that are just alcoholics, or can that can those health effects also affect those that uh, just lean more towards the heavy drinker side of things?
1: Well, it's defined as drinking too much on a single occasion or over time, but it, it can take a serious toll on your health.
0: So when we talk about alcoholism and uh, maybe we could shift over to the treatment side of things. Is it possible uh, for someone just to quit cold turkey when it comes to alcohol? Um, and what are the withdrawal symptoms from alcohol?
1: To answer the first question, there are some people that can stop drinking on their own. And that, that just, I think, is a testament to the willpower and determination that some people have most people are unable to do that though again there are some individuals that are capable and have done that most people will require assistance and that, that assistance can come in what they call a multi prong sort of a treatment form including medications uh, 12-step programs uh, and detoxification uh, d- uh, multidisciplinary treatment approach to helping somebody stop uh, using uh, alcohol. Withdrawal symptoms from alcohol will depend on how much a person has been drinking. Uh, If a person has been drinking copious amounts of alcohol over a significant amount of time, they can become uh, tremulous, they can become anxious, they can become restless, And if untreated, they can even develop uh, seizures that can possibly and potentially kill them. So the withdrawal of alcohol can be uh, fatal uh, if untreated.
0: It's interesting, you know, we're talking about alcoholism just because I feel like, like you say, you brought up the good point of um, when there's ads on TV for prescription drugs, there's always a list of side effects, but with alcohol commercials, there's never any um, disclaimers of, oh, these are long-term side effects, even though it is a drug. I'm curious, for a young person who drinks heavy um, because of their social um, situation, their social setting, uh, maybe they drink a lot in college or while they're in school, but then as they graduate college and leave um, over time, they don't drink as often. Uh, Will they see long term health effects the same way or what what do you know
1: well i think it depends on how much they've been drinking and again it depends on overall their health condition their genetic uh, composition their uh environment their support systems uh, their their lifestyles in general so i think it's it's uh, it depends on the individual and all these varying uh, degrees of these different factors that, that go into whether or not uh, someone develops uh, uh, complications because of their drinking.
0: Uh, I want to go into what are the symptoms for alcohol poisoning and how common is alcohol poisoning among uh, drinkers?
1: Well, patients when they become severely intoxicated can, as you know, have blackouts. They'll have uh, Uh, Very little, if any, recollection of what happened. Uh, Again, they can have uh, uh, accidents. They're more prone to getting into difficulties with authorities, particularly law enforcement, with their employers and their spouses and their families. Um, And again, alcohol poisoning will have a a very uh, detrimental outcome. And and again, it can be uh, fatal even.
0: Can we talk, you just mentioned blackouts. Can we talk about that, of what happens to the brain on alcohol when you do, quote-unquote, blackout? Um, Is there permanent brain damage that happens?
1: I don't think that there is, but alcohol does destroy memory cells, so there's a bit of amnesia that's associated, and that's why patients that come into the hospital that they put on holds, uh, voluntary holds, they don't re- sometimes they don't recollect what happened because uh, of the amnestic effects of the, of, of the alcohol.
0: I believe you touched on this earlier, but I just want to clarify, can you, de- can you be dependent on alcohol without necessarily being addicted?
1: No, I think that if you're dependent, that that would define an addiction. If you have to have alcohol to... to just as as your lifestyle that you can't go without drinking uh, and you can't you have to continuously uh, drink and uh, that would define I think uh, the dependency and the alcoholism Uh, so yeah you can't distinguish that.
0: So for the average drinker who's uh, leaning towards the moderate side of drinking how do you know if you need help with your drinking? What is it, what is classified as rock bottom? And do you need to hit rock bottom in order to seek out help for your alcoholism or for just your drinking habits in general?
1: Well, oftentimes people know they need help, but the dependency is so strong that they're helpless. And even though their support system may be indicating to them that they need help. They're just powerless from the alcohol to be able to get some help. So in many ways, it it does render them powerless. And again, that's where the 12-step program comes in and you need your higher power to to help you, guide you through uh, uh, your recovery
0: that's good to know and i want to just ask the question of for the person that's trying to be proactive in making sure that they that they maintain a healthy relationship with drinking uh what are some things that they can do to just have those like boundaries in place for themselves to make sure that th- no this isn't something that i am going to depend on it's not something i'm going to abuse uh what are some things that I guess people can do to make sure that they maintain a healthy relationship with alcohol if there is such a thing?
1: Well, let's remember one thing here. Alcohol is used for different reasons. It's used for relaxation for some, socializing for others, to enhance food. So not everybody has a problem with it. So we're... we're, addressing those that do have a problem with it. So, I want to make that distinction. Not everybody that drinks alcohol needs to go into a rehab. Absolutely not. However, moderation is defined as, for a woman, one drink a day, and for men it's two drinks a day. And if you're exceeding that, then that's where you have to start measuring. I mean, you can have, for a man... 14 drinks a week if you if you do that math of uh, two drinks a day and for a woman it's seven drinks a week so if you want to maybe combine those over the weekend uh, you can kind of do the math and you know sort of figure it out and that would be considered moderate drinking of course provided that even that amount of drinking doesn't impair your your life so again those are guidelines that you sort of want to have and, again, these are uh, well-established guidelines that uh, prevent you from having uh, some of the side effects that we talked about earlier, because as it's, about, it's been well-established that wine, for instance, can reduce uh, certain types of cholesterol, and it's good for your heart, and so forth, and so it does have some therapeutic properties, too. But, again, that's in the, mo- in the moderate range. So, again, it's not, alcohol is not completely toxic, though for those that do suffer from an addiction, most recovery centers, if not all of them, will say that they need to abstain completely from alcohol.
0: What can, um, for those who maybe have family or friends that are suffering from alcoholism, what are some resources or steps that they can take if maybe perhaps the person in their life that suffers from it isn't proactive with getting treatment? uh, What are some things that they can do to help their loved ones?
1: Well, I think the most famous one is Al-Anon for spouses of alcoholics. But there's also Families Anonymous uh, that is also a wonderful support group for families that have a a loved one that's addicted uh, to alcohol and other drugs as well
0: is, are relapses common for those that suffer from alcoholism?
1: Well, unfortunately, they are, but there are many patients that do recover, so anyone who has an issue with dependency should make an effort to get treatment. And it's important to note that, unlike before, now alcoholism is considered a brain disease, as opposed to a character flaw like it used to be considered. And that's because it is a chronic disease. It's an illness. And it should take the judgment out of it that it's not because somebody's weak in their character or their personality. It's just that it's an illness and it needs medical treatment. And there are medications that can help with the treatment of al- alcohol use, including uh, disulfiram, uh, alcamprosate and naltrexone, which can come in a pill form or also a long-acting injectable. And, and these are medications that can help in different types of ways to keep people from uh, using uh, alcohol.
0: Part of the reason why I was inspired to bring alcoholism up this week for this episode was, you know... Uh, We're still in quarantine, more or less, stay-at-home order. I know it's been lifted, but people should still be social distancing. But, you know, the holidays are coming up, and that typically involves a lot of social gatherings, a lot of um, social drinking as well. Uh, So with that, what is your advice for maybe those that do suffer of with a hard drinking habit and those that are on the other end of that of like have someone in their family that's a heavy drinker what what is your advice for them for during these times especially with quarantine and
1: stuff so as you as you're pointing out the holiday season's coming up and among other things that we haven't quite touched on are the disinhibiting effects of alcohol and really what that means a poor judgment that people have uh, we haven't mentioned this but It leads to reckless behavior. That's why there's an increase in uh, HIV amongst uh, uh, populations that use alcohol because they become reckless, they become disinhibited, and that that promotes the transmission of HIV. So with the pandemic going on, if you're intoxicated, even when people aren't intoxicated, they don't want to take the measures that they're supposed to to take to ensure the safety of themselves and others. But if you're drunk, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to to have a hard time social distancing, physical distancing, wearing a mask, washing your hands, and and protecting yourself and others. So in this time, it's really dangerous. Uh, Not that it hasn't been dangerous, but it's probably even more uh, dangerous at this point because of the pandemic that to try to contain the virus. And if you're under the influence of alcohol, you're going to have a really hard time doing that.
0: To tie this back to, you know, our podcast about mental health and mental illness and stuff, what are the mental health aspects uh, for alcoholism? What does that do long-term for someone's mood and overall life and quality of life?
1: Well, it has far-reaching effects on psychiatric illness some of the side effects of alcohol amongst the physical ones that i mentioned earlier include anxiety and depression and so if you're already suffering from those conditions this is going to worsen it so uh, we just want to caution everybody with the upcoming holiday season to temper your drinking if you don't have a a problem with it then fine keep it that way Uh, try to drink in moderation do not indulge and if you are drinking, please monitor your emotional health as well and if you at some point become very depressed and even suicidal, reach out uh, to get some help the The national suicide hotline number is one eight hundred two seven three talk
0: That's going to be it for this week's episode of twenty twenty psych. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in each week for our conversations please go ahead and give us a follow on our Instagram at 2020 psych podcast. That's we're going to be posting every week updates on our episodes. And that's where you can reach out to us personally and chat and let us know your thoughts and opinions. But nonetheless, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a great day wherever you are.